Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text in the Manual for Teachers, the Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link atop for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to your email from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about uh, 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today, we are continuing our reading in the Manual for Teachers with Section 8, whoopsie, Section 19, what is justice? And section 20, what is the peace of God? We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson 357, which is truth answers every call we make to God, responding first with miracles, then returning unto us to be itself. And by way of opening this morning, I couldn't resist this poem from Teresa of Avila. It's called Concepts, Concepts of God. Anxious to see you, I died to the world. Hearing your voice at the city's edge, at the horizon of form and space, how could I then notice anything hands made? How could I adore and suffer time? Anxious to hold you, I forgot myself completely, but you didn't care about the way I came to look. I mean, your shape and mine, what were those? The seed husk that falls, because it could not contain our mingled feet. Anxious to see you, our souls became your glory, our eyes became your fire. All concepts of God are like a jar we break because only the infinite can contain our perfect love. Truth answers every call we make to God. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank you. That was incredible. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I love that poem. Okay, my friends, thank you very much. And here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Charles, Fran, Jessica, Harrison, and Donna. We're joined in listening by Ida and Judy. And has anyone else joined our happy band yet? Not yet. So we'll take up our cause this morning in the Manual for Teachers and see if we aren't joined as we go along. Starting with question number 19. What is justice? Justice is the divine correction for injustice. Injustice is the basis for all the judgments of the world. Justice corrects the interpretations to which injustice gives rise and cancels them out. Neither justice nor injustice exists in heaven, for error is impossible and correction meaningless. In this world, however, 
forgiveness depends on justice since all attack can only be unjust justice is the Holy Spirit's verdict upon the world except in his judgment justice is impossible for no one in the world is capable of making only just interpretations and laying all just injustices aside if God's son were fairly treated there would be no need for salvation the thought of separation would have been forever inconceivable and Lemoyne thank you Laurie 19 what is justice justice is the divine correction for injustice injustice is the basis for all the judgments of the world justice corrects the interpretation to which injustice gives rise and cancels them out neither justice nor injustice exists in heaven for error is impossible and correction meaningless in this world however forgiveness depends on justice since all attack can only be unjust justice is the Holy Spirit's verdict upon the world except in his justice excuse well well except in his judgment justice is impossible for no one in the world is capable of making only just interpretation and laying all injustices aside if God's son were fairly judged there would be no need for salvation the thought of separation would have been forever inconceivable justice like its opposite is an interpretation it is however the one interpretation that leads to truth this becomes possible because while it is not true in itself justice includes nothing that opposes truth there is no inherent conflict between justice and truth one is but the first small step in the direction of the other the path becomes quite different as one goes along nor could all the magnificence the grandeur of the scene and the enormous opening vistas that rise to meet one as he travels on be foretold from the outset <clears throat> yet even these whose splendor reaches indescribable heights as one proceeds fall short indeed of all that awaits one when the pathway ceases and time ends with it but somewhere one must start justice is the beginning thank you Lemoyne and Charles thank you Lemoyne <clears throat> justice like its opposite is an interpretation it is however the one interpretation that leads to truth this is this becomes possible because while it is not true in itself justice includes nothing that opposes truth there is no inherent conflict between justice and truth 
One is but the first small step in the direction of the other. The path becomes quite different as one goes along. Nor could all the magnificence and the grandeur of the scene and the enormous opening vistas that rise to meet one as he travels on before told from the outset. Yet even these whose splendor reaches indescribable heights as one proceeds fall short indeed of all that awaits one when the pathway ceases and time ends with it. Somewhere one must start. Justice is the beginning. Paragraph 3. All concepts of your brothers and yourself, all fears of future states, and all concerns about the past stems from injustice. Here is the lens which, held before the body's eyes, distorts perception and brings witness of the distorted world back to the mind that made the lens and holds it very dear. Selectively and arbitrarily is every concept of the world built up in just this way. Sins, quote and unquote, are perceived and justified by this careful selectivity in which all I'm sorry in which all thought of wholeness must be lost. Forgiveness has no place in such a scheme, for not one quote and unquote sin seems forever true. Amen. Thank you, Charles and Fran. Three. All concepts of your brothers and yourself, <coughs> excuse me, all fears of future states, and all concern about the past stem from injustice. Here is the lens which, held before the body's eyes, distorts perception and brings witness of the distorted world back to the mind that made the lens and holds it very dear. Selectivity and arbitrarily is every concept of the world built up in just this way. Quote, unquote, sins are perceived and justified by this careful selectivity in which all thought of wholeness must be lost. Forgiveness has no place in such a scheme, for not one, quote, unquote, sin, but seems forever true. Four, salvation is God's justice. It restores to your awareness the wholeness of the fragments you perceive as broken off and separate. And it is this that overcomes the fear of death. <clears throat> For separate fragments must decay and die, but wholeness is immortal. It remains forever and forever like its creator, being one with him. God's judgment is his justice. Onto this, a judgment wholly lacking in condemnation, an evaluation based entirely on love, you have projected your injustice, attributing to God the lens of worth perception through which you look. Now it belongs to him and not to you. You are afraid of him and do not see you hate and fear yourself as enemy. Thank you, Fran and Jessica. 
Thank you. Um, Paragraph four, salvation is God's justice. It restores to your awareness the wholeness of the fragments you perceive as broken off and separate. And it is this that overcomes the fear of death. For separate fragments must decay and die, but wholeness is immortal. It remains forever and forever like its creator, being one with him. God's judgment is his justice. On to this, a judgment wholly lacking in condemnation, an evaluation based entirely on love, who has projected your injustice, attributing to God the lens of warped perception through which you look. Now it belongs to him and not to you. You are afraid of him and do not see you hate and fear your true self as enemy. Pray for God's justice and do not confuse his mercy, mercy, mercy with your own insanity. Perception can make whatever picture the mind desires to see. Remember this. In this lies either heaven or hell as you elect. God's justice points to heaven just because it is entirely impartial. It accepts all evidence that is brought before it, omitting nothing and assessing nothing as separate and apart from all the rest. From this one standpoint does it judge, and this alone. Here all attack and condemnation becomes meaningless and indefensible. Perception rests, the mind is still, and light returns again. Vision is now restored. What had been lost has now been found. The peace of God descends on all the world, and we can see. And we can see. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. And uh, Harrison, if you'd like to finish uh, the justice section with five and then roll right into the peace of God, please. Can you skip me just one time, Lori? Oh, sure. I, I'll come back to you, Harrison. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, Donna. Five. Pray for justice and do not confuse his mercy with your own insanity. Perception can make whatever picture the mind desires to see. Remember this. In this lies either heaven or hell, as, as you elect. God's justice points to heaven just because it is entirely impartial. It accepts all evidence that is brought before it, omitting nothing and assessing nothing as separate and apart from all the rest. From this one standpoint, does it judge and this alone? Here, 
all attack and condemnation become meaningless and indefensible. Perception rests. The mind is still. And the light returns again. Vision is now restored. What had been lost has now been found. The peace of God descends on all the world and we can see. And we can see. 20. What is the peace of God? 1. It has been said that there is a kind of peace that is not of this world. How is it recognized? How is it found? And being found, how can it be retained? Let us consider each of these questions separately, for each one reflects a different step along the way. Thank you, Donna. Um, Harrison, should I come back to you now or? Yep. Good time. All right. Thank you. What is the peace of God? One, it has been said that there is a kind of peace that is not of this world. How is it recognized? How is it found? And being found, how can it be retained? Let us consider each of these questions separately, for each reflects a different step along the way. First, how can the peace of God be recognized? God's peace is recognized at first by just one thing. In every way, it is totally unlike all previous experiences. It calls to mind nothing that went before. It brings with it no past associations. It is a new thing entirely. There is a contrast, yes, between this thing and all the past. But strangely, it is not a contrast of two differences. The past just slips away. And in its place is everlasting quiet. Only that. The contrast first perceived has merely gone. Quiet has reached to cover everything. Thank you, Harrison. And let's see. Do we have a new reader then for... Uh, two and three, under what is the peace of God. This is Sandra. I can read. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Then Diana. Okay. Uh, two. First, how can the peace of God be recognized? God's peace is recognized at first by just one thing. In every way, it is totally unlike all previous experiences. It calls to mind nothing that went before. 
It brings with it no past associations. It is a new thing entirely. There is a contrast, yes, between this thing and all the past. But strangely, it is not contrast of true differences. The past just slips away, and in its place is everlasting quiet. Only that, the contrast first perceived, has merely gone. Quiet has reached to cover everything. Three. How is this bit found? No one can fail to find it who but seeks out its conditions. God's peace can never come from where anger is, for anger must deny that peace exists. Who sees anger as justified in any way or any circumstance proclaims that peace is meaningless and must believe that it cannot exist. In this condition, peace cannot be found. Therefore, forgiveness is the necessary condition for finding the peace of God. More than this, given forgiven forgiveness, there must be peace. Sorry. More than this, more than this, given forgiveness, there must be peace. For what except attack will lead to war? And what but peace is opposite to war? Here, the initial contrast stands out clear and apparent. Yet, when peace is found. The war is meaningless, and it is conflict now that is perceived as non-existent and unreal. So true. Yeah. Thank you, Sandra. And Diana. Okay. Number three. How is it found? No one can fail to find it, but it who but seeks out its conditions. God's peace can never come where anger is, for anger must deny that peace exists. Who sees anger as justified in any way or in any circumstance proclaims that peace is meaningless and must believe that it cannot exist? In this condition, peace cannot be found. Therefore, forgiveness is necessary condition for finding peace of God. More than this, given forgiveness, there must be peace. For what except attack will lead to war? And what but peace is opposite to war? Here, the initial contrast stands out clear and apparent. Yet, when peace is found, the war is meaningless. And it is conflict now that is perceived as non-existent and unreal. Number four, how is the peace of God retained once it is found? Returning anger in whatever form will drop the heavy curtain once again, and the belief that peace cannot exist will certainly return. War is, again, accepted as the only reality. Now must you once again lay down your sword, although you may not recognize that you have picked it up again, but you will learn as you remember, even faintly, how what happiness was yours without it. And 
that you must have taken it again as your defense. Stop for a moment now and think of this. Is comfort what you want or is God's peace the better choice? What gives you more? A tranquil mind that tranquil mind is not a little gift? Would you not rather live than choose to die? Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And was there be another new reader for four and five? Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. Okay. How is the peace of God retained once it is found? Returning anger... Excuse me. How is the peace of God retained once it is found? Returning anger in whatever form, will drop the heavy curtain once again, and the belief that peace cannot exist will certainly return. War is again accepted as the one reality. Now must you once again lay down your sword, although you may not recognize that you have picked it up again. But you will learn, as you remember even faintly now, what happiness was yours without it, that you must have taken it again as your defense. Stop for a moment now and think of this. Is conflict what you want, or is God's peace the better choice? Which gives you more? A tranquil mind is not a little gift. Would you not rather live than choose to die? Living is joy, but death can only weep. You see in death escape from what you made. But this you do not see, that you made death, and it is but illusion of an end. Death cannot be escaped because it is not life in which the problem lies. Life has no opposite, for it is God. Life and death seem to be opposites. (coughs) Life and death seem to be opposites because you have decided that death ends life. Forgive the world and you will understand that everything which God created cannot have an end and nothing he did not create is real. In this one sentence is our course explained. In this one sentence is our practicing given its one direction. And in this, the Holy Spirit's whole curriculum is specified exactly as it is. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Charles. Thank you. Paragraph 5, right? Living is joy, but death can only weep. You see in death, escape from, your, from what you made. 
but this you do not see, that you may death. And it is but illusion of an end. Death cannot be escaped because it is not life in which the problem lies. Life has no opposite, for it is God. Life and death seem to be opposites because you have decided that death ends life. Forgive the world, and you will understand that everything which God created can have cannot have an end. And nothing he did not create is real. In this one sentence is our course explained. In this one sentence is our practicing given its one direction. And in this, the Holy Spirit's whole curriculum is specified exactly as it is. Six, what is the peace of God? No more than this. The simple understanding that his will is holy without opposite. There is no thought that contradicts his will, yet can be true. The contrast between his will and yours but seem to be reality. In truth, there is no conflict because his will is yours. Now is the mighty will of God himself his gift to you. He does not seek to keep it for himself. Why would you seek to keep your tiny, frail imaginings apart from him? The will of God is one, and all there is. This is your heritage. The universe beyond the sun and stars and all the thoughts of which you can conceive belong to you. God's peace is the condition for his will. Attain his peace and you remember him. Amen. Thank you, Charles and Fran. Six, what is the peace of God? No more than this. The simple understanding that his will is wholly without opposite. There is no thought that contradicts his will yet can be true. The contrast between his will and yours would seem to be reality. In truth, there is no conflict because his will is yours. Now is the mighty will of God himself his gift to you. He does not seek to keep it for himself. Why would you seek to keep your tiny frail imaginings apart from him? The will of God is one and all there is. This is your heritage. The universe beyond the sun and stars and all the thoughts of which you can conceive belong to you. God's peace is the condition for his will. Attain his peace and you remember him. Thank you. Thank you, Fran, and thank you, everyone who read this morning. Uh, Another two sections. Another two sections where means and end are one. 
touching just a few ideas from what is justice. Justice is the divine correction. Brain justice. The second paragraph, justice like its opposite, is an interpretation. It is, however, the one interpretation that leads to truth. The third paragraph, all concepts of your brothers and yourself, all fears of future states, and all concern from the past stem from injustice. It is the lens which held before the body's eyes distorts perception and brings witnesses of the distorted world back to the mind that made the lens and holds it dear. In this scheme, forgiveness has no place. In paragraph 4, salvation is God's justice. It restores to your awareness the wholeness of the fragments you perceive as broken off and separate. Wholeness is immortal. It remains forever and forever like its creator being one with him. God's judgment is his justice. And in that fifth paragraph, pray, pray for God's justice. And do not confuse his mercy with your own insanity. God's justice accepts all evidence that is brought before it, omitting nothing and assessing nothing as separate and apart from all the rest. From this one standpoint, does it judge in this alone? Here, all attack and condemnation become meaningless and indefensible. Perception rests, the mind is still, and light returns again. Vision is now restored. What had been lost has now been found. The peace of God descends on all the world, and we can see, we can see. And in section 20, what is the peace of God? The second paragraph, God's peace is recognized at first by just one thing. In every way, it is totally unlike all previous experiences. It calls to mind nothing that went before. It brings with it no past associations. It is a new thing entirely. The third paragraph, no one can fail to find it who but seeks out its conditions. Forgiveness is the necessary condition for finding the peace of God. More than this, given forgiveness, there must be peace and conflict now that is perceived and non-existent and unreal. In the fourth paragraph, the peace of God is retained once it is found unless returning anger in whatever form will drop the heavy curtain once again. And the belief that peace cannot exist will certainly return. But you will learn, as you remember even faintly now what happiness was yours without it, that you must have taken it again as your defense. Paragraph 5, living is joy. You made death, and it is but illusion of an end. Life has no opposite, for it is God. Forgive the world and you will understand that everything which God created cannot have an end and nothing he did not create is real. In this one sentence is our course explained. In this one sentence is our practicing given its one direction. And in this the Holy Spirit's whole curriculum is specified 
exactly as it is. And finally, in the sixth paragraph, the peace of God is the simple understanding that his will is wholly without opposite. There is no thought that contradicts his will yet can be true. In truth, there is no conflict because his will is yours. Now is the mighty will of God himself, his gift to you. The will of God is one and all there is. This is your heritage. The universe beyond the sun and stars and all the thoughts of which you can conceive belong to you. God's peace is the condition for his will. Attain his peace and you remember him. Amen. And we have a few minutes before the top of the hour. So um, let's open the floor. Thank you. Thank you. This is Donna. I would like to add something. Paragraph 6. What is the peace of God? By understanding, his will is mine and gift to me and my heritage to attain by awaking and realizing it is so. I am complete. Excellent summary. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. This is Charles. I just want to say, first of all, thank you, Jesus, for this. And um, especially about the anger, which I experienced I guess Tuesday and I asked to see it differently and I felt that I calmed down I breathed and I relaxed it kept coming up and I calmed down and relaxed and asked for forgiveness and finally this morning it just like really came in heavy and I said Jesus what's this all about why am I and then all of a sudden wham this feeling came over me just, oh, this feeling. You know, and I knew where it came from. And he says, you know, he's very, very clear. No matter how much I relax, no matter how much I ask for belief, it's my investment in how I feel that needs correction. And asking someone who has no investment in my feelings for the experience to be shared with me. And I thank you, Jesus, for sharing that experience with me. And I thank you for bringing this message to me this morning. And I thank you all for being here with me. Amen. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. God bless you. Oh, I got it, Charles. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, dear ones. Well, you know what, Charles? That was just a perfect little walkthrough of today's lesson. (laughs) Step by step. So um, let's take a holy pause right now and let Fran lead us in a 
reflection at the top of the hour of our lesson today. With our gratitude, friend, please. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is What Am I? And today's lesson is Lesson 357. Truth answers every call we make to God. Responding first with miracles and then returning unto us to be itself. I shall read something, what am I? I am God's son, complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of his love. In me is his creation sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In me is love perfected, fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. I am the holy home of God himself. I am the heaven where his love resides. I am his holy sinlessness itself, for in my purity abides his own. Our useful words is almost over now. Yet in the final days of this one year we gave to God together, you and I, we found a single purpose that we shared. And thus you joined with me. So what I am are you as well. The truth of what we are is not for words to speak of nor describe. Yet we can realize our function here. And words can speak of this and teach it. Too, if we exemplify the words in us. We are the bringers of salvation. We are the holy messengers of God who speak for him and carrying his word to everyone whom he has sent to us. We learn that it is written on our hearts and that our minds are changed about the aim for which we came and which we seek to serve. We bring glad tidings to the Son of God who thought he suffered. Now is he redeemed. And as he sees the gate of heaven stand open before him, he will enter in and disappear into the heart of God. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 357. Truth answers every call we make to God. Responding first with miracles and then returning unto us to be itself. Forgiveness, truth reflection, tells me how to offer miracles and must escape the prison house in which I think I live. Your Holy Son is pointed out to me, first in my brother, then in me. Your voice instructs me patiently to hear your word and give as I receive. And as I look upon your Son today, I hear your voice instructing me to find the way to you as you appointed that the way shall be. Behold his sinlessness and be you healed. We'll take a moment and reflect this. Lesson 357. Truth answers every call we make to God. Responding first with miracles and then returning unto us to be itself.
Your voice instructs me patiently to hear your word and give as I receive. Lesson 357. Truth answers every call we make to God. Responding first with miracles and then returning unto us to be itself. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Was there something you... Oops. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Harris. No. No. I was, I was just going to ask Fran if there was anything she wanted to offer after that lesson. But um, go ahead. Go ahead, Harrison. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saw one of these last few lessons. Very succinct and direct. Um, Billy tells me that the way to God and the way to receive miracles is really very simple. And the line, the very last line in today's lesson, behold his sinlessness and be you healed. Not him, you. So he's telling me that the problem, the solution to the problem lies in me. Whatever problem I think I see in you or the world or anything else, the problem is really the solution to the problem is in me. And it's how, it's through whose vision I choose to see. Do I use the body's vision which is a function of the ego thought system, or do I use Christ's vision to see? So you ask, well, what really is Christ's vision? Christ's vision is seeing only sinlessness. Is only seeing God's goodness. 
seeing as a loving, caring God would seek. Behold his sinlessness and be you healed. It doesn't matter what my eyes, ears, and whatever other senses I might choose are showing me because they only reflect the ego thought system. And the ego thought system doesn't really exist. It is a figment of my imagination. It is a idea, a thought system, a way of thinking that arose from the belief that I am separate from God or that God kicked me out of the garden, whatever metaphor you want to use. The real reality is only sinlessness, only love exist. And our oneness with God is sacrosanct. It can never be separate. We have never left our home in heaven in God's loving arms. That's the truth. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was great. Thank Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Clear as a bell. Thank you. Thanks, Harrison. I particularly loved your share because I think, weren't you a judge or something like that? You were in the judicial system, if I can remember correctly. And um, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, and it's it's so interesting for me this this year, in fact, and I think I mentioned it on this meeting several months ago, that I realized there is no justice in this world of form. Because this reading tells me that another word for justice, something that I need to correlate with justice, is not an eye for an eye. It's forgiveness. That's justice. And God's gift to me is, is so expansive, this gift of forgiveness. The ego, the ego just wants to put me in a box and bury me. That's what the ego wants to do. So contracted. And 
for me to choose the ego over letting go to the Holy Spirit is death. Um, the only response to injustice for me is, is forgiveness. Injustice in this lesson is for me just reminded me of innocence that, you know, I'm innocent for buying into this egoic paradigm which was actually passed down to me from generation to generation. And all those generations were innocent too. They just didn't know any better. They were taught wrongly just like I was taught wrongly. And now I'm taking the responsibility. I'm taking the responsibility. You know, there's part of me that just wants somebody else to fix this for me. (laughs) Please come and save me. Bring me a savior, okay? Uh, That's the ego. I did get brought an example of the truth in the form of Jesus, but it's not he's not here to save me. He's here to show me the way to save myself. Because I have to take responsibility for what I'm expressing, for what I'm extending out into the world. And if it's anything other than forgiveness and seeing the innocence in all in myself and in all my brothers and sisters, They've all been misinformed just like me. And when they're ready, and when, it's, when, it's, when their curriculum is being fulfilled, and, it's, and that's not, you know, their curriculum, I made my curriculum. They're making their curriculum. I co-created that with God. They are co-creating their curriculum with God, same as I am. And they're going to fall in their face just like I have. But it's not up to me to fix that. It's up to me to see the innocent and to forgive. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. And yep, I was part of that so-called justice system. <laughs> I'm Hi, guys. Good morning. It's Jude. This is a pretty clear reading for me this morning. Uh, I love the um, third paragraph from What is Justice? And um, how it speaks of the distorted lens of looking through the body's eyes. Um, all cons- where all concepts of our brother and myself are made, all fears of future states, and all concerns about the past stem from the injustice. The injustice coming from all the judgments that perceived through the body's eyes. And justice corrects the interpretation to which all these injustices give rise and cancels them out. The whole way that um, um, looking through the eyes of 
Christ, once I identified with the Christ consciousness, you know, when in difficulty or challenged, <coughs> pretty, pretty consistently not wanting to give up my peace, you know, this goes right into that peace, in valuing what is important and what is more important than my holy relationship with my Creator, who has given me everything, including creating me in His likeness and image. Um, and to that, I am wholly grateful. And honoring and appreciating that, wanting to honor and appreciate His creation, and not to see it through my judgmental eyes, through the eyes of distortion or interpretation, willing to practice Christ's vision, forgiveness, um, you know, letting letting go of my opinions and judgments, and um, having him restore my awareness to the wholeness of his creation, the oneness of his creation, and um, restore and um, re- remind me of who and what and where I am, that I'm purely in the mind of God, uh, with all the the power of that perfect love through which he pours through me. He can pour through me in in order to see things through his eyes. um, But I like that line. Here's the lens which held before the body's eyes, distorts perception, and brings witness of a distorted world back to the mind that made the lens and holds it very dear. Selectively and arbitrarily is every concept of the world built up in (coughs) just this very way. You know, that the world is propaganda for itself, um, validating a a separate self inhabiting a body within it and relaying its false witness back to the body and the mind that perceives itself as so. You know, thank you, Harrison, for your, you know, mentioning that. The difference between how the ego thinks and sees itself in the world and sees the world as itself and the way the thoughts of God, realizing, recognizing ourselves as thoughts, the thought, one thought, one son, united in, in perfection and grace, with the rest of the creation as one with me, looks on everything in a completely different way and not having any to, anything to do with judgment. And herein, you know, God's judgment is his justice. Unto this a judgment wholly lacking in con- condemnation, in evaluation based entirely on love. Oh, it belongs, the lens, belong, the lens belongs to him and not to me. Uh, but to see, to see um, the insanity of the ego and the insanity of the ego in me, which is the blocks, which is the block to my, to the awareness of this perfection in me, um, you know, that I can't see heaven. I can't see that heaven is within me. When when I look upon myself and judge myself and think that I know, 
um, you know, it's, how is the peace of God found in, in quiet? <laughs> yes, please be still and judge not. Think not I can judge. My thoughts, and I love this, a tranquil mind is not a little gift. Um, to retain it, to retain the quiet that I find in the peace, being in the peace of God, my spiritual being, and being in the peace of God retained, um, you know, that I, anger comes up and, boy, don't I feel it. You know, I'm I'm gone. I'm gone from anything that resembles peace. But I like the way it talks about death um, being an illusion of an end. You know, that, you know, that when I'm in pain and I'm angry, I want my end... I want my end, I want the end of my life as I know it to come to an end. The life as I know it to come in, come to an end. And that, that cannot be escaped by, um, by um, the death of the body. That, that comes from the death of the ego thought system. That cause, that cause um, what is it, ideas leave not their source. And... That death, there's many forms of death. Um, you know, that the slightest frown, um, worry, anxiety, concern, pain in any form, suffering in any form, all these are forms of death. So I must sustain the, the peace of God within me in order to know his joy and the extension of his love in, in my participation in my holy relationship with the totality of what I am. I am the Son of God, as are all of us in His perfection. We are all created perfect, perfect in one. And to see that perfection and to let everything else go, because everything else, nothing else is real except the perfection of God, how God created us, perfect love, perfect peace. Oh, I think I'll stop there. I'm running out of breath. <laughs> and and so it is. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. What was that line about is the world is propaganda to itself? Can you repeat that? Well, it's in the part of the text where it talks about coming into the body and then the body, the, wor- the world arose as validation for the physical experience. And then it talks about beliefs and concepts and that the world is propaganda for itself. The same way the body and its sensorial experiences is propaganda for itself. It t- tries to tell me that it's real. The ego using it tries to tell me that it's real, that it can tell me, the Son of God, how I feel, (laughs) which is something I'm really working on because I have pain in this physical body, and it's like, you can't tell me I am a child of God. That the body feels is one thing, but it's a perception. 
And if it's a painful one, it's a mistaken perception. So that's where I go with that. Help me. Help me, you all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <hell. laughs> Thanks, Judy. It's all Thanks, good. Judy. From the quiet answer, the world asks but one question. It is this. Of these illusions, which of them are true? Which ones establish peace and offer joy? And you know, it goes on. Whatever form the question takes, its purpose is the same. It asks but to establish sin is real and answers in the form of prayer. And this is not a question, for it tells you what you want and where to go for it. It leaves no room to question its belief, except that what it states takes question form. This is the... Oops, this is the lamp. <clears throat> so, then it says, A pseudo-question has no answer, for it dictates the answer even as it asks. Thus is all questioning within the world a form of propaganda for itself. So, it's... Uh, that's the lens that is made when we view the world as a separate thing. Then there is, in, the, uh, in that separation, there's the gap where conflict can seem to exist and seem to be needful. And... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he. I like the way he calls it a lens because, um, you know, I think it is that same sword, only it, the, the point is is that the mind, our, you know, by picking up this lens, we pick up the sword, but all it's trying to do is drive the point into our mind that the world is to be feared. And, you know, that's part of the everything, I believe. You know, there is a real world. Proper name with a capital letter could be creation, and we choose to view it as a threat. <laughs> and that lens will lead to, you know, just the... Uh, it doesn't have to be a never-ending worsening, but certainly it brings us what we see in it through this lens. And... And drop the lens, I think. You know, let go of our of the belief that channels our questions into these pseudo questions. And then, you know, real except then that spaciousness that it talks about in there in the, I think it's the peace section can can arise. It just can become well <laughs> become in our awareness in perception resting it can become in our awareness more like unto what it is which is just a never-ending expression of love creating like itself anyway I'll stop there thought <laughs> excellent thank okay. you so much Lloyd 
Really, thank you for bringing that back. The um, the questioner, because who's the questioner? Who que- certainty is of God? When I accept how He created me, I I have no more questions. That's where my certainty comes from. But the ego came in and said, "What am I?" And it and it failed to know because it could not know. It could only perceive, and then it. Per- proceeded from a false perception of being separate from God, the false premise, every question that I've ever asked after that was answered by the world in the form of propaganda for itself. It's like, question what kind of questioner you are. Who's asking whom the questions? (laughs) I always love that. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. I just wanted to touch on paragraph six. In the peace of God, what is the peace of God? No more than this. The simple understanding that his will is holy without opposite. There is no thought that contradicts his will. It can be true. That whole, whole, um, I Judy? Dropped out, Judy. Yeah. Can't hear you, hon. You may need to call back in. She may need to call back in. She said they were having um, connection issues today because of the storm. Oh, that's about it. This is Harrison. Just quickly. Judy made reference to paragraph five of uh, section twenty. What is the piece of oil? And there's a line um, close to the end that says, "Forgive the world, and you will understand." that everything which God created cannot have an end. And nothing he did not create is real. And this one sentence is our course explained. And this one sentence is our practicing given its one direction. And in this, the Holy Spirit's whole curriculum is specified exactly as it is. Forgive the world. 
and you will understand that everything which God created cannot have an end, and nothing he did not create is real. To me, that's a very, very important sentence. And it's one that requires for me uh, a great deal of meditation because it just really captures the essence of what the Course has been teaching me this entire year. Forgive the world. What does that really mean? And for me, it means to treat the world as if it isn't there. That it does not exist. And it's okay that it doesn't exist. I'm not losing anything. That which is real will remain. And what is real except love or God in the form of love. That will always be there. And isn't that what we really want? Forgive the world. Let it go. It's okay. We're not losing anything by forgiving the world. And you will understand that everything which God created cannot have an end. And everything God created is love, an extension of God. That's how he created, by extending himself. And each of us, even though we view ourselves as separate, are an extension of that love. Nice little sentence to carry around with me. I'm complete. Thank you. Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. Thanks, Harrison. When I think about, this is Steve, good morning, everybody. And when I think about my body and just let it be an experience It doesn't feel like it's 
die, able to die, or or it. In the same time, it's when I think about my body, when I feel my body, it it doesn't feel that I can locate it in space. Really, when I go into me with my body, there's something in the now experience that feels eternal. Perhaps this is the experience of the elevated uh, state of form. The reality is my experience. And the other thing is, I love the Course in Miracles, Course of Love, Old Testament or the Jewish Bible we call it and the New Testament and the Tao Te Ching as other people's testimony the test Old Testament New Testament Jesus Paul's testament about what Jesus said but the sh- answers to look for are not in the Course in Miracles, not in the book, but in me. In the same way, what is this me? I can't anatomically locate it in in space. It's a wonderment. It's an eternal experience in the now. And I'm urged to look there for the authority. Not to the outside of me, because as it says, nothing outside of me can hurt me and nothing outside of me can save me. And the physicality of it is not my experience. When I really slow down and feel this experience, I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. Good stuff. Well, this is Sandra, and I need to share something, and I hope it doesn't cause too much controversy. Um, um, you know, when I when I heard Harrison say that he treats the world as if it doesn't exist, and I have had the experience of being gaslighted, and that's when a being, another human being, treated me as if I didn't exist. And I can't even tell you how much suffering I went through because of that. And if in fact I, because I am one with God, and so I have attributes like God, however, I made a mistake and I created an ego. 
um, mistakenly, I don't know whether I did it on purpose or by accident, but it happened. It doesn't matter. And God knows it happened. And so as soon as it happened, God did not act as if I didn't exist. God gave me a way out through the Holy Spirit, through forgiveness. And when this ego that I created, if I act as if it doesn't exist when it's rearing its ugly head, it just gets angrier and angrier and will will just, you know, it, it'll amp it up, <laughs> make me even more miserable. But when I can pay attention to it and have a dialogue with it and go in deeper with it and 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 ask, you know, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Where's the error? Where's, you know, because I'm the one who needs to make the correction. It's my willingness, my desire to want to have the correction, to want to have a different experience. And for me, having a different experience required that I pay a lot of attention to what's happening and go in deep and keep trusting and relying on my Holy Spirit and my connection with my Creator as I go in deep and pay attention to what's really going on inside of me. So I'm not meaning to correct or anything, but it's just those words just meant so much to me, Harrison, because I thought about them and I thought, hmm, what am I not paying attention to or acting as if it doesn't exist? Um, and I and I thought, nothing. Because <laughs> I'm paying attention to everything and going in deep. I'm complete. No controversy there at all, Sandra. I agree. Thank you so much, Sandra. That's that's the. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori, and I really appreciate what you're talking about, Sandra. Um, it took many, many, many years for me to realize. Um, that forgiveness is something um, that I allow to happen. I allow it to happen. And it's not for anyone else's mind but my own. How is peace attained? Well, by the conditions. By the conditions. And the condition is forgiveness. And I was... Um, so I was meditating this morning. Um, it popped into my mind. Uh, that we're coming close to Christmas, of course. And one of the most lovely things about Christmas is Mary's response to the angel. He came and told her some stuff that she had no way of understanding that didn't fit in her world, her life, her situation at all. But rather than say, no, uh, that can't be, or I'll not have it like that, or you misunderstand, I have another plan. She said, be it as you say. Be it as you say. And to me, that's forgiveness. Be it as you say. We use, I use the expression, 
I will forgive this and it will disappear. Or I forgive or I choose to forgive or or any number of ways that I attribute that action to myself. But this section on justice is telling me that um, I need to take a step in the direction of truth. Just one step. I need to take one little tiny, tiny step. Justice in this world, he says, is impossible. That's like saying to me anyway, or what it seems to be saying to me, is that, Lori, of your own, you have no way of knowing how or what forgiveness means. And when I review, um, you know, the first part of the workbook is all about taking down my misunderstandings. And the second part is all about telling me what truth is. Forgiveness is um, that gesture, that tiny step I make toward perhaps what you say is truer than what I think. Perhaps. Just perhaps. And then in what is forgiveness, he, he tells us a lot about what an unforgiving thought is. Oh, that we recognize. It's frantic. It goes about crashing into everything, trying to establish and justify what it thinks is true. But forgiveness is quiet and does nothing. It's the response to me of the heart that says, be it as you say. And that that works for about anything, even pain in the body. Not that God is giving me pain in the body, but everything about forgiveness is release. It's all about the release. When I take the tiny step in the direction of perhaps what you say is truer than what I thought, that's all. And justice is, you know, if if there were justice, there never would have been a separation. But I need I need to make that tiny little willing shift that says, perhaps I'm casting this darkness upon this whatever this is. Perhaps it's my mind that's casting this. Help me, help me, because I don't know. Just help me. There was a situation in God's Son. He knew they weren't joyous. He, he knew his channels for joy weren't open. And so he gave the answer, and that was all. And it's not just a little answer. It's a capital A answer. When I, when I say perhaps what you say is truer, Holy Spirit lights my mind because I've made that tiny little step that says perhaps what you say is truer. Forgiveness is the only way I can let my mind be taught. I'm not an ego. And the ego is nothing more than, well, it's nothing, actually. It's an idol. But it's nothing more than a collection of bad ideas, false concepts, false beliefs, false values, false, uh, and I say false in the sense that uh, it's a story I tell. It's the story I tell to my mind about what everything means. 
and you're right, Harrison, the ego thought system doesn't exist. He said, when you're thinking with the ego, you're not thinking at all. That's true enough. But every lesson, every lesson is, uh, to me, uh, like that tiny step toward God's judgment, which is justice, which is truth. It's the means. It's the means God has given me to um, allow truth to light my mind. Remember he says, man's only reality is his soul. As a soul you have and you are everything. But when you made other ideas, you lost track of that, Lori. And um, for every false idea you let go, for every concept you let be broken, for every gesture that you make that says, perhaps your word is truer than my own, more and more and more light comes in. And uh, I start to realize that, you know, um, every time I had a fear I didn't know what to do with, I packaged that and put it in a little encased wound in my subconscious. Every time I had it, a hurt I didn't understand, little wound, put it in my subconscious. Every time I was angry but was told that's not appropriate, uh, you can't feel that way, I made a little wound and packaged it. And the great gift of life, of, of practicing, is learning that I meet someone who touches my owie. Oh, I didn't know I had that because I packaged it and put it somewhere else. So in that way, allowing feelings to come up um, is an opening to the miracle. I allow these feelings to come up and what is, what is my gesture? But to say, I don't understand this. I, I don't understand this. Um, I put it somewhere where I failed to understand it and I know it hurts. To that, God gave an answer. That's all. Forgiveness is the teeny tiny step toward justice. The window. You made my soul a window and opened it unto you. It's the window. It's the window where God's light can shine into my mind and remind me of truth. And then, and then, what happens is all of these things I made, all of the misunderstandings I had about the past, about my brothers, about myself, about my fears, um, as he says in paragraph three, all stem from something was done that wasn't right and I didn't understand it. It hurt me and I put it in my subconscious and now I need help. Um, and our brothers, our brothers show that to us. You know, you run into people that do that. I do. You know, that you feel that buzz. And there's something tingling. Um, and, you know, there's a recognition in the subconscious waking up. And it's not my brother who does that for me. It's my brother as a mirror. We are mirrors to each other. You see, as long as perception lasts, your brother is a mirror. When I let the light into my mind, pretty soon what happens 
after all these successive forgivenesses, the lens of perception, the, the lens I hold up against the truth, falls away like an onion, successive layers of forgiveness. And my subconscious is cleared, and now, and now the light shines in my mind, this new thing, this new peace, where the past doesn't mean anything anymore because it's all come up and been released. You know, he talks about it really beautifully in Course of Love. He says, in the quiet, these things that need release bubble up like from the base of a still pond. And they bubble up. They need just an acknowledgement, just a tiny nod from the God in you. And they disappear. That's how I let forgiveness light my mind. And finally, finally, when all this material is cleared, it's like he says, what am I? I'm God's sun shining in the reflection of his love. He can shine in my mind now because I don't have any shadows that I'm casting upon it. Forgiveness complete shows me a different world, the world that God loves. He said he so loved the world that he gave it to his only son. God does not hate the world. The world as the ego projects it is all false. But when light is in my mind, I'm going to project a different world. I'll understand the gift of life. Life is joy. And the more I share it, the more I acknowledge the presence of God around me, the more light there is. Not because there's more light, but because there's less of me to cast a shadow on it. Means an end. Means an end. Means an end or one. When I let the condition of forgiveness light my mind, peace is the end. Oh, boy, I just love this stuff. I just love this stuff. God gives this, you know, favorite poem of mine is, what can God give but experience of himself? And where is he? Where is God? He's everywhere. He's in me. He's in you. He's in everything created forever. The end, I wrote the end. I put an end. My belief in birth and death is the one that wrote the end of this story. But this story has no end. The thought system of love is eternal. It has no end. When I left the ending that I wrote, the concept that I put there, be lifted from my mind through forgiveness. I don't do that. The Holy Spirit does. I don't do that. I make the step. That's all. And the more the more I allow truth to enter my mind, the more I see God everywhere. I'm complete. No, oh, thank you, Lori. Thanks. For thank you, Lori. Thank, thank you. you. Lori, that was the most beautifully mm. share. I, I'm just amazed. Uh, so beautiful. This is Joe. Thank you. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you, Joe. For me, at this time, forgiveness is simply accepting. If someone says that the moon is made out of blue cheese, 
I can accept it. Not that I can accept that as my truth, but I can accept that that's what they're saying. And so, for me, it comes down to acceptance. Simple. Complete acceptance of what is. Here's a person who is saying the moon is blue cheese. That's a fact. I can accept that. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. That was great. Thank you, Steve. Everyone, we all are as God created us. Really doesn't matter what I, as an individual, may think. That has absolutely no effect on anything. We are as God created us. And how we realize that is strictly up to us. And no judgment whatsoever. I'm complete. Thanks, Harrison. Yeah, thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. This is Sandra, and I just wanted to add on a little bit from Steve's um, share, which was beautiful. The acceptance is so key for me. That's the first step. And then another step for me might be letting go in love. I'm complete. This is Donna. I do have something to say, but maybe I'll save it for the after call. But a prayer came to me. Uh, Maybe it was last night. I was thinking about joy. And I was thinking about being blessed. And this is what came to me. Blessings and joy to everyone on planet Earth from Putin to a babe in its mother's arms. I am complete. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you, Donna. Yeah. Thank you. Could you repeat that again for me, Donna? Well, let's see. <laughs> it's in my head. So, so the I uh, blessings, blessings and joy for everyone on planet Earth, from Putin to a babe in its mother's arms. I am complete. Aha, thank you. Well, I look forward to a 
to a really um, active after call, but it's time to end the recording. And I have really specific direction today um, for this, and so I choose to end this recording this morning from Chapter 25 in the Remedy, recognizing we have a purpose here. The grace of God rests gently on forgiving eyes. And everything they look on speaks of him to the beholder. He can see no evil, nothing in the world to fear, and no one who is different from himself. And as he loves them, so he looks upon himself with love and gentleness. He would no more condemn himself for his mistakes than damn another. He is not an arbiter of vengeance nor a punisher of sin. The kindness of his sight rests on himself with all the tenderness it offers others. For he would only heal and only bless, and be in accord with what God wills, he has the power to heal and bless all those he looks on with the grace of God upon his sight. Here, where the laws of God do not prevail in perfect form, can he yet do one perfect thing and make one perfect choice? And by this act of special faithfulness to one perceived as other than himself, he learns the gift was given to himself. And so they must be one. Forgiveness is the only function meaningful in time. It is the means the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit uses to translate specialness from sin into salvation. Forgiveness is for all. But when it rests on all, it is complete, and every function of this world completed with it. Then is time no more. Pray that this time may be soon. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Lori. Thanks, everybody. Love you guys. Have a beautiful Holy Weekend and Christmas, and I'll end this recording as I find the, the little button.